Dolphin 2. The Nancy Rubin Podcast. Thank you so much for everyone who listened to the Streetwise Billing episode. Did you know that this podcast is now being played in eight different countries? Ooh. On December the 12th, there's going to be a general election. And we thought it would be a great idea to find out a bit more about it. Today we have a real expert to help us understand it. Professor Peter Huff from Middlesex University. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. What is a general election? Well, that's a very good place to start, of course. Thank you, Samuel. Um, well, a general election is the name we give to the most important election that we have in the country. So there are other kinds of elections. You can also have a local election. So, for example, um, Hendon Town Council will have elections. But the general election is for the whole country. So the United Kingdom, so that's England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. So the whole of the country, the whole of the UK, is split up into what are called constituencies. So there are 650 constituencies. So Hendon is one of the 650 constituencies. And each one of those has a vote. So there'll be a vote in Hendon, and there'll be a vote in the other 649 constituencies. All of those will elect somebody to be their Member of Parliament, their MP. And they'll elect them on the basis of political parties. So there's the Conservative Party, the Labour Party, and the Liberal Party. There's some other parties as well, but they're the the three sort of biggest ones. And then you have to decide who has the most MPs, which of those parties. Now, I've said there's 650 constituencies, so that means you need a majority to, to become the leading party and be able to become the government. Anyone good at maths? You mentioned reading and stories, yeah. What would do you know what a majority would be if you've got six hundred and fifty? It's quite a tough one, I admit. Um, so let's say that a thousand, um, a thousand. Yeah. Um, if um if it's like below half a thousand, yeah. which is five hundred, um, there there would there would be um less majority of the people. That's so, right. Yeah. So, 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 um, most people, so, um, so there wouldn't be as much people as the other half, and if it's over 500, yeah. there'd be, like, the most people and most of the people. Uh, three, more than 320, very good, yeah. I know that was a difficult question, but I just thought I'd just mm. put that one out of there. So if you get 326, you've got the most. So then the party that has the most is able to become... The government, so that's what they're uh, they're trying to do. Now, the general elections only are supposed to happen every five years, but you might know that we only had one two years ago. So this is slightly unusual. And that's because the country's so divided. Have you heard of Brexit? Yeah. 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 Are you bored of Brexit? Yeah. <laughs> lots of lots of people talking about Brexit. It's on the news all the time. And that's really dividing the politicians. Um, so some people are arguing that we should just leave the European Union and not have a deal, have a no-deal situation. Others disagree, and it's so complicated that they decided they should have another general election. Yeah. Now, why, why does Jeremy Corbyn want to be um, the Prime Minister? He wants to be the Prime Minister because he's the leader of the Labour Party, yeah? 
So it's a very good point. Boris Johnson's the leader of the Conservative Party. Jeremy Corbyn's the leader of the Labour Party. And whoever's the leader of the party would then become the Prime Minister. So Jeremy Corbyn would like to come in and change things because he's Labour and it's currently Conservative. So he would change things quite a lot. Why can't children um, vote? That's a very good question. Um, and I can, I can understand why you've come up with that question because, of course... Many children are very well equipped to vote. As I'm sure you've probably thought to yourself, sometimes children seem to know more about things than, than grown-ups. So I can, I can understand where you're coming from on that. When I was a child, I, I was interested in politics, like I imagine um, you all are. The reason is because until you're 18, you're not really supposed to be looking after yourself. So because you become an adult at 18... That means even if you still continue to live with your, your parents or your, you know, your carers, you are, you are still under someone else's care. So the thinking is by the age of 18, then you're an adult, you're a grown-up, you're looking after yourself and you can make a decision. Because you probably will have left school, well you will have left school, you'll be at university or a job and you know, you'll be able to make decisions for yourself. But it's a very good point and a lot of people are arguing, for example, maybe the voting age should be reduced to 16. They do that in some countries. They do it in Scotland, for example. It, the voting age used to be higher. It used to be 21, but it was reduced to 18, um, I think it was 1969 or something like that. So it, it's a very good point. I mean, do you think it should be lower? I'm sure you'd like to vote, but... <laughs> maybe not. 18, maybe, yeah. Yeah, 18 is a good age, I think, because... I, I more, think so. Yeah. It's more when you become like independent. That's right. I think that's very well, very well put. Yes. Um, even if you still live at home, you are looking after yourself really by that age. My question is, what happens when you go to vote? Okay. Yes, that's uh, that's an interesting one. And of course, until you do it, it's one of those things you don't really know what it's like. I don't think I really knew what it was like until I got to eighteen and I went to vote. It's in some ways it's quite old fashioned. I think you might be a bit surprised although it might have changed by the time you become 18. What you do is you go to what's called a polling station. Around the country, there will be buildings that are being used as polling stations. They often use schools. So sometimes schools get closed down and, and you get the day off, which is, can, be, can be quite nice, but I don't, I don't know if that's happening here. <laughs> it's not happening here. So you go in the polling station. You then um, check with somebody who's sat at the desk, who's in charge, that you're really supposed to be voting so they're there to make sure you don't try and get in and vote twice or you, you don't really live there then you go into the booth which is a little little area with a desk and a, a little wooden wall and you go in you've got a pencil in there you've got the ballot paper which lists the candidates and their their parties so in Hendon you'd have you know offered and conservative and whoever the Labour candidate is, Dismore maybe and you put a, an x next to the one you think it is you fold it up and then you put it in the box so you do it with um, a big pencil in a room on a piece of paper. Now, the reason I say that's kind of old-fashioned is some people think, well, shouldn't we have electronic voting? You know, like you do on the t TV? If any of you watch reality oh. shows? Do you, any of you ever voted on those? I don't have a yeah. TV. You don't have a TV? Well, you haven't missed much, don't worry. Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, like Britain's Got Talent. Some people think maybe we should do it like that, so you don't even have to get out your, your, your chair at home and you can just vote. And some countries are doing that, and well, it might happen one day. I think, yeah, in Belgium, once my, I went with my mum to vote. Yeah. And, yeah, there was that thing, electronic thing, and I was like, who are you voting for? And she just... Pressed. Is that right? 
That's very interesting. I didn't know they did that in Belgium. That's really interesting. Belgium, they also have a system where you have to vote. You're not allowed to not vote. Which is, so it's, thank you for that. It's very interesting. Is it important to vote? Ah, well, yes. Now, I'm a politics teacher, so what do you think I'm going to say? Um, yes, I think it is important to vote. Um, some countries don't have the vote, and they are run by people who do whatever they want, and you have no control over them. So it's important that people feel they are connected with politicians, and that if they don't like them, they can change them. This is a conversation I've been having at home. My, my daughter's 19, and she, you know, due to vote for the first time, and she really doesn't like politics. Probably because her dad's a politics teacher, it's turned her against it. But I've been trying to persuade her that she really should vote. What I've done with her is I've got her, or oh, actually my wife did it to be fair, she, we've got her to do an online little test where you can answer some questions and it tells you which party you should vote for. So some people aren't interested in politics, and I understand that. Everybody's interested in different things. But it is important, I think, to make it, make it known uh, make your, your opinion known. And so, you know, it's understood that politicians have to listen to you. Otherwise, they do whatever they want. And that's not, that's not a good thing. So, yes, I think it is important to vote. Thank you. It's a good question. Does anybody get to find out who, they, who you vote for? Oh, that's an interesting point. Good question, yeah. Well, no, they're not supposed to find out. It's meant to be what's called a secret ballot. So when I was describing how you go to actually vote, the reason you've got um, a little booth on a wall and you do it you know, with nobody seeing you is, is because it's a private vote. Nobody's supposed to, to know what you've voted for. Because the, the worry is, if somebody did, they might be able to persuade you to vote for something else. So I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you need to vote in class for somebody. Do you have somebody to represent you as a class rep or anything like that? You, you might not want people to know, particularly if you've got two friends and you think, well... I think he'd be better than her, but I don't want her to know that. So the thinking is you can have a more honest opinion if it's, it's private. Now, somebody will often ask you who you voted for. So they have things called exit polls where once you've done your vote, sometimes someone will ask you, what did you vote for? But you don't have to answer. You, you can keep that to yourself. So nobody is supposed to find out. So um, how do you get to be prime minister? Wow, yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? How do you get to be Prime Minister? Would you like to be Prime Minister? No. no. <laughs> People always assume I would have done because I went into politics, but I've, n- I've, never, I've never actually wanted to, to do that. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, for a start, you would almost certainly have to join a political party because what I said earlier is the Prime Minister is the leader of whichever party has won the most seats, most constituencies. So you would need to join either the Labour, Conservative or Liberal Party. To do that, you would usually start off by getting involved in local politics. So I mentioned earlier, in Hendon, there's a local council, so you might become a councillor in there. So I know some of my students, for example, who've become councillors and have then tried to go on and and become politicians. None of them have become a prime minister. So join a party, maybe get involved in local politics. Before that, of course, you might want to get involved at some level in the school, so take on some sort of position. As I said, if you have some kind of vote for for um, a student to be or uh, on, on a school council or something like that. I think an important thing to bear in mind is the Prime Minister, although it's a very important position, the most important position in the country in many ways, they're not meant to be just the boss. They are meant to be a manager. There's a phrase that they use called first among equals. The Prime Minister is in charge, but they are supposed to listen to other people in their government. 
Because if they try to be too bossy, they'll just get voted out. So, you know, you do have to learn how to manage things. It's, it's not easy to become Prime Minister, but it's a, it's a great thing to aspire to. What happens if the party the Prime Minister's on doesn't have enough seats in the House of Commons? Well, that's a really good question, because essentially that's what's happening at the moment. That's why we're having an election. Boris Johnson's the Prime Minister, and the Conservatives, which he's the leader of, have the most members of Parliament, but he doesn't have a majority overall. So he's hoping with the election he'll be able to get a majority. Now, we'll have to see, but a lot of people think when the election actually happens, he won't have a majority. So what happens then? Well, one thing that might happen is forming a coalition, as they call it, where one party joins with another one. So when it happened in 2010, the Conservatives joined with the Liberals and formed a government like that. That's a very, very good question, and that often... You know, that, that is something that very, very much might happen. Thank you so much to Professor Huff for coming in to chat to us. We are now looking forward to seeing what happens on December the 12th. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Please listen to us soon on... The Nancy Ribbon Podcast!